It's like I'm on the Heisman watch. That's gotta be what would describe, symbolize I've got. Skill, four times the talent around me. Desmond Howard playing for Howard. Just tell me, how can I be stopped? This Allen Ivy at an Ivy College. They can't check me. I don't practice my class too hard. Nigga, me, my swag is grown. Okay, 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 okay. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 68 of Electrified. I'm your host, Eric Lyons. Now, I know I was supposed to be here yesterday. I know that. Y'all don't got to tell me. I apologize. But I'm here today. It's Wednesday. Got a good show for y'all, man. We got a lot to get through. We got some things to discuss. We're going to talk about the Canelo, Kovalev fight, some of the controversies surrounding that. Definitely going to get into that. We're going to talk a little bit of Dana White versus Oscar De La Hoya as well. UFC, boxing. It was a, it was a lot going on Saturday night. It's a lot going on Saturday night. Um, you know, I watched all the fights. I watched UFC 244. I watched the Canelo fight. I watched Power. Tom went back Saturday night. It was a wild night, man. It was a wild night Saturday night. A lot went on. You know, a lot went on. Um, and then Sunday, you know, we had the football. Had some good games come on Sunday night. Um, we're going to talk about the Patriots and Ravens game. Definitely going to get into that. We'll talk about LeBron's. LeBron. We'll talk about Washed King. The Washed King. Y'all, 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 y'all played with that man all year last year. And look what he's doing now. We're going to talk about the uh, the NFL MVP race as well. And, and the Cleveland Browns, man. We, uh, good God. The, the Browns Um. So let's see Where should we start Let's start off I'll tell you what Hold on First before we get into anything Let me tell you something Let me tell you something I've seen a lot of people Making a lot of, of uh, Excuses For the Patriots And not even just the fans I'm talking uh, Analysts and everything Listen Just just say what it is Just be real Say Say exactly what happened The Patriots ran into A good football team And they lost that's exactly what happened. I told y'all on Friday, in order for the Ravens to win this game, Lamar had to be Lamar, and they had to run the football. And that's exactly what they did on offense. They had no problem running the football against the quote-unquote best defense in football. Boy, they looked pretty normal on Sunday night. Didn't they? And then Ravens, defensively, they did everything right. They did everything right. Turnovers, got to Brady. And then offensively, they made they they made uh made good work of capitalizing on everything. It was a great game played by Baltimore. Great game, and we probably going to see that one again. Probably, that's what happened. Simple as that. They, they ain't no. Oh, uh, they made uncharacteristic mistakes. Uh, blah blah blah. No 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 no. They got punched in the mouth, and that defense got ran on. Simple as that. Um, and. You know, hey man, it is what it is. But let's talk about the Ravens quarterback, Mr. Lamar Jackson. It's just crazy to, to just go back and look at how these so-called, you know, draft experts and and scouts, people were saying Lamar was going to be a receiver and he's not a quarterback. Boy, look at him now. Look at him now. I got five MVP candidates right here, and he's one of them. So the Ravens, 6-2, Lamar Jackson, 12 touchdowns, 5 picks, 1,813 yards, rushing, 5 touchdowns, 637 yards. Also, with 48 less attempts than last year, 
and 62 last year. So, like, he's on pace to – listen, man, he's on pace for some big numbers. That Put it that way. Put it that way. You know, Lamar Jackson has brought a lot to this Ravens team. This this team is just faster, you know, under Joe Flacco. No, Once again, no disrespect to Joe Flacco. You guys know I like Flacco. But with the Flacco – you know, with him at quarterback, you know, the Ravens ran a different offense. It was two tight end sets. It was, it was much more lethargic. Wasn't, you know. But with this, you got a lot of speed. A lot of speed, guys. You got Hollywood Brown. They just signed. Who they signed? Uh, what's his name? Thomas? Last name, right? He played for the Chiefs. They signed him. Just a lot of speed, man. Willie Sneed. And then the running back combination, you got Gus Edwards and Ingram. But what really drives his offense is the play of Lamar Jackson, whether it's him extending the play, using his legs, or throwing the football, man. He he has high IQ, and he knows what he's doing. And, and he said something in an interview that, that really, you know, I, I appreciated it because everybody's talking about, oh, he runs too much. He might get hurt. Like you said, he can get hurt at practice. He can get hurt stretching. He can get hurt on a drop back. That's how easy it is. You know, he's out there to play the Play to win, not play scared. You know he's he's out there to win ball games, and I respect that. I respect this game, and he just does things that normal people can't do. He it's no way he should be out there juking and, and and spinning on people like that, man. He's a real live video game, pure athlete, man. And I love watching that man play. Love. I need a jersey. I need a I need a jersey. You know who else jersey I need? The next MVP candidate, Deshaun Watson. That's a bad man. That 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 boy a dog, bro. That boy is a dog. Stop playing with Deshaun Watson, man. Let's look at the numbers. Uh, eighteen touchdowns, five picks, two thousand four hundred thirty-two yards, five five rushing touchdowns, two hundred seventy-nine yards. Listen, listen. This Texans team has been through some things these past couple of years with his injury, JJ Watt on and off the field, playoff troubles. But this year seems like they have it together, and it seems like if they win their division, which they, I, I, I think they can. But you know, my pick from the beginning of the season was AFC South was the Jags. But I don't know. They just beat the Jags, and you know, this team right now best team in the AFC South for sure. You know, there's the Colts, but their, but the, their quarterback's gonna be out for a little bit, and the Titans are just I forgot the Titans were in the NFL. But Big Dick Nick is coming back for the Jags, and just we don't know what's going to happen there. But as of right now, Deshaun Watson, he's playing out of his mind. He's he's making plays, and he's throwing the football very well. He's taking care of the football, and I, I, I just enjoy watching him play the game. Really do. And he's my fantasy quarterback, acquired via trade not too long ago. Yeah, got to, got to support my fantasy quarterback. But, man, listen, man, Deshaun Watson playing out of his mind, just great football. But... There's a man, he plays out in the rainy city of Seattle. He's the husband of Sierra. He's the stepfather of future son. This is Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, baby. 22 touchdowns, one pick, 25-05 on the yard. 68.3. Oh, that's what I forgot. Completion percentage, not point though. 68.3% completion. And three rushing touchdowns, 203 yards. All right, you got to think. The pass to Lockett, the pass he made in overtime. 
Russell Wilson playing some great football. He's playing some great football, okay? He's got the Seahawks back in the you know, Super Bowl years. He's he's playing great football. And he's got he's there this is a big test for them. This is a big test for the 49 until Friday. Y'all know. Y'all know I gotta save that for Friday. Y'all know I gotta save that for Friday. But yeah, man, Russell Wilson, another big MVP candidate. Um last quarterback on the list. You already know who it is. It's your boy, AR12. You know the vibes. You know the vibes. 17 touchdowns, two picks, 2,485 yards, 102 yards on the ground, and one rushing touchdown. Aaron Rodgers has been playing great football. And those, uh, before the Chargers game, you know, that three game stretch, over 800 yards passing, and what was it, nine touchdowns he threw? Best three game stretch he's had since, what, 11? Something like that. Crazy, crazy three games he put together. And, you know, right now he was, you know, he was working without Devontae Adams. He's got Devontae Adams back now, but he's made things work in this new offense. Getting used to this offense after a slow start. He's he's gotten hot. He's gotten hot. He's gotten hot. And they got the Panthers this weekend in the bye. But Aaron Rodgers has gotten hot. And, you know, he's he's using guys like Alan Lazar, Geronimo Allison. Um MVS and then making good use of Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams out the backfield. He's even got Jimmy Graham catching footballs again. And got, you know, guys like Jake Kumaro, guys we've never heard of. And Aaron Rodgers is doing a damn thing with all of them. And it's 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 pretty impressive to watch. And we can talk about the throws he's made. I can talk about the throws he's made this season all day long. I really can. But the young man that I think deserves the MVP by far, hands down. If I had to pick the MVP today, it would be Christian McCaffrey. It would be Christian McCaffrey by far. Hands down. Hands down. Christian McCaffrey. Listen, man. This guy is just ridiculous. Every time I watch him play, he does something crazy. But it's like not even something crazy. It's just like, bro, he's just out there running. Like he's out there outrunning people. And and just putting the moves on guys. And it's just so, so, so fun to watch. So fun to watch. Let's take a look at his numbers. You got, um, give me one moment. So, on the ground, we got uh, 165 touches, 881 yards, 10 touchdowns. He's averaging 5.3 yards per carry. And then on the receiving end, we got 42 catches, 363 yards, three touchdowns. And if you don't believe these are MVP numbers, just let's take a look at uh, LT's 2006 MVP season. He had uh, 828 yards rushing, 323 yards receiving, and 14 total touchdowns. Uh, Christian McCaffrey has already passed his yards receiving and rushing, but he's uh, down one touchdown. But that'll be blowing out the water by the end of the season. So, if these aren't MVP numbers, then I don't know what is. Like, it's rare that we get a rushing uh, MVP coming out the backfield, and I would love to see that. He single-handedly kept the Par- the Carolina Panthers afloat. Granted, Kyle Allen has played, you know, well enough, but we all know who's the real glue here. It's, it's Christian McCaffrey, and he's a fantasy beast. Fantasy beast. I told you guys a couple of weeks ago, if I could go back and redo my fantasy draft, that's my first pick. But, you know, hey, Christian McCaffrey for sure, man. For sure. But these five gentlemen have more football left to play. 
So, but as as far as the first half of the season goes, my MVP is Christian McCaffrey, for sure, for sure. But you know who's not playing MVP football? Anybody on the Cleveland Browns? No, 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 no. Listen, the Cleveland Browns. I, I would first. Of all, I would like to apologize to the Ravens, the Steelers. Yeah, just the Ravens and Steelers, not the Bengals. I don't want the Bengals anything. And the rest of the AFC. A lot of us owe the AFC teams an apology, including the, starting with the North. We were all on this Cleveland Browns hype train because, you know, they get Odell and and um, Kareem Hunt and they get to use their color rush uniforms as their home jerseys. And we were like, oh, man, these guys are going to win the North and they're going to have a deep playoff. No, no, no. What a big scam. That's terrible, bro. These guys have a lot of problems. This is the Cleveland show. They have a lot of problems. And it's, it's starting with Freddie Kitchens. He is a terrible play caller. He does not know how to use what he has like with his weapons. He doesn't know what he's doing with them. He doesn't know what he's doing. This team has no line. They can barely protect Baker, who's throwing a lot of interceptions this year. Uh, but but Freddie Kitchens just seems disconnected with this team. Like he doesn't seem like he's in tune with the rest of this team. Like doesn't seem like he he he's able to lead them, especially his quarterback. I don't think that he's a good fit for this team. I don't think he'll be. I don't think he'll be there for the rest of the season. I think his job is definitely on the line. He's skating on thin ice, and I'm talking paper thin ice. Like, if you step out on there, it's going to crack and you're going to fall in and drown. Like, that's how thin the ice is that Freddie Kitchens is stand, skating on. Because it's about to be a wrap for him. It's about to be curtains. For sure. He's about to be out of there. But that's not the only problem. Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry are also a problem. Not. Listen, I just think these two guys think they're bigger than the game. Whether it's the face mask, um, I mean, not the face mask, the visor thing. And then this past weekend with the cleats. Bro, you know they're going to say something to you. Just wear like you know, wear the cleats that won't get you in trouble. They tell you can't go back on the field the second half, so you change your cleats. Like, come on, man, come on, man. Like, like, like you guys are just drawing unnecessary attention to yourselves. I think these are two names that really haven't lived up to much. You know, like listen, like I've said before, Odell Beckham Jr. I don't know, man. Like, he, he one playoff appearance. He did nothing in that game. And granted, that's not all his fault, being going to the playoffs one time. But his numbers haven't been that great this year and as of late. Like, he's not this elite, elite receiver, in my opinion. I don't think that, you know, without his name, who is Odell Beckham? Odell Beckham is just Mark Clayton with dance moves. That's, hey. Hey, listen, man, I'm sorry, but I'm not. That's just how I feel. Sorry. Another problem for them, it's just Baker Mayfield, man. I feel like Baker, being a Cleveland Brown, is weighing heavily on him. The thing with the shave in his face like three times Sunday, like, bro, uh, hey, man, I don't know. And then he, he, he just... He's just... I don't know. He, he, he You know, he, he can't handle criticism that well, and the haters and he's always upset listen this team they might as well forfeit the rest of their games just call it a season 
Fire Freddy Kitchens. Try to get some help with the old line and just come back next year. Maybe we'll be back on a hype train next season. Possibly. Maybe. Who, who knows? It, 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 it could happen. I think it could happen. But as if this season, 2019 going into 2020? No, 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 no. The Cleveland Browns are they're done. Sick of fork at them. They're done. Once again, I would like to apologize to the Baltimore Ravens. I, I'm sorry. Sorry to this man. Honestly. Truly. Um, yeah, man. I, I don't know. But it's, it's definitely going to be an uphill battle for them from here on out. It's going to be a fight. They're going to be fighting for their lives, for sure. You know who else was fighting for their life? Sergei Kovalev this past weekend when he got knocked out in the 11th round. Then I called it. I don't think it was. I don't think I said 11th. I probably said the eighth. I think I said it like the eighth or the ninth round. But I did say it was going to be a knockout. I did say it was going to be a knockout. All right. So this past weekend, Canelo Alvarez uh, and Sergei Kovalev fought. Uh, for the WBO 175-pound lightweight, I mean, excuse me, light heavyweight championship, Canelo Alvarez moved up two weight classes. His last fight was at 160 pounds, and he moved up to 175 for this fight in order to become a four-division champion, and he did that. Let's read it. Let me read off, because this is, this is crazy, man. This is, like, really crazy. Hold on. Let me read off what we got here. Um, Let's see. Let's see. Here we go. Here we go. First of all, let's look at the, the list of names that Kovalev is, uh, that Canelo is. But you got Kovalev, Danny Jacobs, Triple G, Chavez Jr., Liam Smith, Amir Khan, Miguel Cotto, Kirkland, Lava Trout, Sugar Shane. Listen, man. Listen. That boy Canelo Cole, man. So let's see. WBA, he's a four-division champion with the WBA Super Welterweight cha- Championship. WBC Super WBO Super, Ring Super, Welter, Super Welter, excuse me, all these are Super Welter, WBA Middle, two-time WBC Middle, IBF Middle, Ring, two-time Ring Ring Magazine Middle, WBA Regular Super Middleweight Champion, and then finally the WBO Light Heavyweight Championship of the World. Canelo Alvarez is the baddest man on the planet. He's uh, arguably pound for pound right now, and you you can't really take anything away from him, man. You can say what you want. And you know the controversy in this fight. Y'all, y'all keep saying this fight was fixed. Y'all saying Kovalev took a dive. Yeah, bro, I watched the fight. When I was watching the fight, I said, you know what? I think Kovalev is still weighing, um, feeling the effects of the fight he just had in August. I think him and Buddy McGirt came into this fight very conservative. I think their their game plan was to try to stay away from Canelo and take a take. Less uh big shots, uh minimum big shots as possible, as 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 least as possible as they could. Stay away from the big shot. I think they wanted to win on points, which it looked like they were, in my opinion. Before the knockout, I thought Kovalev was about to win the fight. I simply because Canelo wasn't really doing much. He was there. He was applying pressure, but Kovalev kept him at bay with the jab, and he was just touching him up. He was touching him up. It didn't look like Canelo was really, you know. But Canelo, like I said, Canelo was right there. It was a very close fight. But points, I thought Kovalev was up. I thought it was interesting to see that only one judge had it as a draw. We're going to get to that. But as far as all of the outside, look, we got boxers even saying it was fixed. Analysts, 
I don't think so, man. I don't think so. I think you watch the fight. Canelo caught him, like, right by the ear, like, temple area. Threw him off. And then caught him with the right. And good night. Kovalev went to the hospital and everything, man. For y'all to sit here and say that fight was fixed is crazy. It's crazy. Come on, man. Y'all can't be this dense, man. Y'all can't be this dense. Can't be. Can't be. And crazy thing is... I didn't even see the whole knockout. I was on my phone. My friend Dev, bro Dev, he was texting me. I'm like, I, I, I was texting him that it was a very slow fight. Not, you know, not a good look as far as the fight goes. I was like, you know, it's not, not really nothing to see. It's probably going to be a draw. And I look up and Kovalev is on his way to God. I said, oh, oh, no, wait, wait. Goodness gracious, that boy Canelo truth. But um, couple takeaways. Uh, first of all, Canelo's twenty nine years old. He's doing all this. He's twenty nine years old. He turns thirty, I think, in July, next July. But um, one a couple takeaways. I don't think he should go back up to one seventy five again. I think he should go back down and just patrol one sixty to one sixty eight. I don't think he needs to gain that much weight again. It didn't look good. He didn't look like himself. One thing I did say Friday is that. We wouldn't. We probably wouldn't see a lot of that movement that makes him special. He didn't move around a lot like like he didn't at one sixty eight. He was just taking a lot of punches, and he didn't work the body like I thought he was going to against Kovalev. He didn't work the body. He looked like he was just looking for the big shot, which he found eventually in the eleventh round. But he just looked smaller. You know, he looked smaller than most of the light heavyweights will look. So I don't think he needs to go back up that high. I say come back down to 160. And you you guys know I'm against the Triple G fight. I'm all the way against it. All the way. But I think, why the hell not? Give him what he wants. He wants you to put him out of this misery. Triple G, 30, 37 years old. He looked like trash his last fight. Put him out of his misery this May or September. Put him out. Let's go ahead and knock him out. Get your belts back. And then boom, you back at the you know you back at the, the man is at one sixty again. That's that's just how I feel about it. But um, it's Kovalev. As far as he goes, I think you know it was close, man. He was he was up on my card. I thought he was up by at least two rounds. By at least at least two rounds. That's that's what I think. But I I truly don't believe this fight was fixed. I just I just don't see it, man. I don't I don't I don't, I don't see that. I don't see that. I what I do think though that that delay that they had, I don't know how long the the delay was, had to be more than an hour cuz they had we're going to talk about the UFC situation. But I think the delay may have had an effect on both of them cuz they bro they were sitting in the locker rooms in their dressing rooms with their trunks, boots, everything on and gloves on for uh, uh, probably more than an hour just sitting on the couches. Like no, man. That that's that's no. Yeah, Delahoya and them dead wrong for that. But we're gonna get to that next. But um the scores before the knockdown. I mean for the knockout, uh Dave Moretti scored it ninety-six ninety-five Canelo. Julie Letterman had it ninety-six ninety-four Canelo and Don Trello was the only one that had it uh ninety-five ninety-five at a draw. So if it would have went to the scorecards, probably would have been a um split decision. In favor of Canelo, but it like nonetheless, man, it was underwhelming fight, but crazy knockout, crazy knockout. Congratulations to um, Canelo Alvarez, man. You guys know how I feel about that, man. That's my guy. That's my guy. 
But the bigger fight was between Dana White and Oscar De La Hoya. If you don't know who Dana White is, you probably live under a rock. But Dana White is the president, you know, of UFC. He's the ball guy. I'm a I'm a fan of Dana White. Dana White, I like Dana White what he does with this business, and you know I got to respect for Dana White, especially after watching the Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz uh, thirty for thirty, which is a great thirty for thirty that you guys should definitely watch. You know how watch how the UFC come up under Dana and everything. So I got a big respect for Dana White. Now Delahoy is somebody I don't respect. Like just like Dana White, me and him have that in common. Not a not a big Delahoy guy at all. Not a big Oscar Delahoy guy at all. No, 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 no. I was not even even as a kid, like as a, as a young buck. You know, I was I was very very happy that Floyd beat him. But these guys have beef, and it's interesting. If we're gonna talk about the beef, they you know the most recent thing, we got to go back to the beginning. We got to go back to the genesis. How this beef was born Because these are two guys who kept it cordial Quite friendly Promoted each other's fights and everything Back in 2017 August 2017 2017 was a great year by the way 2017 very underrated year I enjoyed 2017 But I'm getting off topic 2017 you guys remember We had the Mayweather and McGregor fight How can you not remember We all watched so, Oscar De La Hoya didn't like that at all, and he told boxing fans not to watch it. So, Dana White didn't like that at all, and that's where the beef really started. Then it got even worse when De La Hoya decided to go into MMA, something that he really has nothing to do with. Like, he really shouldn't have even, he sh- like, Golden Boy should have nothing to do with MMA. I'm sorry, that's just the truth. Um, and then he puts on this Chuck Liddell. Tito Ortiz fight with two old men. Like Dana White said on the 30 for 30, I have no idea how that fight even got sanctioned, but it was a damn mess. I remember this last year, and it just came out of nowhere, and it was the most, the least bought pay-per-view MMA event ever. It was like the worst numbers ever. I think it only sold 43,000, like 43,000 buys, and they were expecting over 300,000, like, Get the hell out of here. Who the hell is watching Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz in twenty nineteen? Please. Please. So that, that like no, bro. Like no way was De La Hoya was supposed to do that or Chuck Liddell or Tito Ortiz. Just no no they had no business doing that. So these guys have legit beef. Um Dana White has called him uh everything in a book from a snake. Cokehead, moron, idiot, dumbass. Like, bro, he doesn't like De La Hoya at all. At all. So this weekend, this is this is the thing, though. This is the thing. When I was when when the Friday, I was like, bro, I really want to see the Nate the uh the Nate Diaz and the Jorge Masvidal fight. Like, I really want to see that. So I'm gonna have to figure out a way to watch that and the Canelo fight at the same time. Then as I'm chilling Saturday afternoon watching the college games, I see on Twitter that the zone and them are gonna wait until after the UFC one forty four card for the Canelo fight. I'm like, what? I'm like, okay, so at first I'm like, okay, that's good for us, good for me. I don't have a problem with that. Then I'm like, Bro, it's gonna be like a long time. If you guys are gonna put a couple fights on 
and then wait, like make them wait for the entire UFC 244 card to be over. That's crazy. And then they ended up putting this, like the the zone broadcast feed on the, every big screen in MGM Grand had on the 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 uh, UFC 244 event. Bro, that's a bad look. That's not that's all, not only is it a bad bad look for the zone, but it's a terrible look for the sport of boxing. Like y'all gotta be y'all gotta be smarter than this, man. You guys got. Your star, your big star, your big disowned star, your big money man, your big golden boy money man, Canelo Alvarez, about to make history. And instead of having the fight on November 9th, you guys decide we're going to just run with a second and try to go head to head with UFC. Why would you do that? Like, how stupid can you be? Like Dana White, even you know, he said he he told them not to go the same night, but they did. And Dana White, you know, he said he respects Canelo and everybody on the card, but De La Hoya is stupid. Like, bro, he's an idiot. Why would you try to go head up with UFC? Like, no, 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 not a good look. Not a good look. It's something that PBC would never do. Never. Not because. You can't go head up with UFC. I'm pretty sure if people had to pick, like if boxing, if ever somebody, if it was me, if the fights did come on at the same time Saturday night, I would have watched a Canelo fight. I was much more invested in that than UFC 244, their main event. Much more invested in Canelo. Especially with the way the UFC 244 event went. And that's why I really don't like UFC. Like, like I, I'm, a, I'm a UFC fan, like, casually. Like, as the, as the years, these past couple of years, I've gotten to it more. But, you got, you know, I'm, I'm a boxing guy. I, like, you know what I mean? So, I really wouldn't have cared about that. I would have saw the highlights and been like, okay. But I was able to watch them both. And it's just like, bro. Why would you do that? Then you got you got to think you got your live crowd there waiting. Everybody's restless. Everybody's ready for the fight. They've probably been there for hours already. And then you got your your broadcast team. Could you? And, and this is the thing. I didn't even have that. Okay, I was checking my phone. I had it on my phone. I was checking the DAZN broadcast while the UFC 244 was on, and they kept showing different interview clips. The broadcasters were just trying to kill dead air. Bro, it was hard to watch. Hard to watch. They were running out of people to interview. Hard to watch. Because you guys wanted to go the same night as UFC and wait and make the fans wait and make your box your fighters wait. That was very irresponsible and it should never happen again. Never happen again. Big L for the zone. Big L for the zone. Major L. Uh, but yeah, man, that was the Saturday night in the sports world. Very interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh yeah, we gotta close it up with LeBron, man. We gotta close it up with LeBron. So <clears throat> my guy LeBron, y'all 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 down talked that man all all year last year. Y'all y'all talked about him about his low management. Meanwhile, your boy Kawhi is on low management right now, and it's November. He's not playing games, and it's November. The hell? Go hoop! 
This is is this your king? This the man that y'all said is about to replace LeBron? This the man that y'all said is the, the, the best player in the world? Kawhi Leonard? Some awkward dude with braids? Please. The king is still here. 39, 16, and 12 at Dallas. 21, 13, 11 in San Antonio. 30, 11, and 10 in Chicago. First Laker to score three straight triple doubles since Magic Johnson in 1987. Kobe who? Michael who? LeBron, Raymond, James. The GOAT. And that's how we close in the show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you guys for tuning in to episode 68. I'll be here Friday once again. We know we got the pick four. Going to talk about week 10 in the NFL and all things going on in the sports world this week. Uh, appreciate you guys for listening. Appreciate appreciate you guys for staying patient with me and bearing with me, man. Uh, once again, episode 69 will be dropping. It's our last episode in the 60s. Next week, we start the 70s. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm Eric Lyons. And for the 68th time, you have just been electrified.